This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, which can be heard 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network, where he was uh, in in mid-season form last night for this final preseason game, doing the pre- and post-game show. Uh, We were all put on a little bit of alert, Brian, because the Cowboys did what the Cowboys do. Uh, You know, it's funny. I I, I was talking to uh, Nick Harris, who just got hired by DallasCowboys.com, and we were walking uh, out of the post-game locker room yesterday after the Cowboys beat the Raiders in the final preseason game, 31-16. to And I said to him, I said... uh, how was it to have, uh, you know, your your first Friday night effed up by Cowboys news? And uh, you'll get those sometimes. You'll you'll get a, a day. Uh, I know David Hellman used to regularly joke about being on dates or something and having mm. to leave a date to go write a story for news. But the Cowboys drop a giant bomb on everyone with a Friday news dump. They trade a fourth-round pick for Trey Lance, the former third overall pick in the 2021 draft. Uh, a guy that had fallen out of favor in San Francisco, has thrown fewer than 500 career passes between high school, college, and the pros, um, but an immense talent, a high ceiling, a guy that the Cowboys thought highly of when he was coming out. Uh, but the Cowboys make this deal for Trey Lance, and of course that leaves several questions about the impact on Dak Prescott's future, his contract negotiations, and everything else. And we'll dive into some of the stuff that Jerry had to say, Stephen Jones, Dak Prescott, but... Brian, your initial thoughts, your initial takeaways on this news that the Cowboys have acquired Trey Lance and what that may mean for Dak Prescott specifically. Yeah, young Nick Harris might need to learn to carry his iPad with him when he goes on dates (laughs) or goes to lunch or dinner or any of those things. Uh, That was something that we always dealt with at uh, DallasCowboys.com. We'd all go out to eat, and one person was always responsible for the iPad. Somebody had to bring their iPad along in order for us to all go to dinner. And it happened more times than not that news came down. We were one time, I just remember this real quick, and we were at Saltgrass uh, over there by Valley Ranch. And lo and behold, news comes out. And now we're all eating like chicken fried steaks and steaks and all this big old meal and, you know, and, and news breaks. And I think it was on the Greg Hardy front is what it was. And so we were all dealing with that. And it was, but yeah, young Mr. Harris, young Mr. Harris will learn. Um, Not surprised uh, by the Cowboys uh, doing this. Uh, I know on the G-Bag Nation, um, we're a show that really enjoys team building. I think our station as a whole enjoys team building when it comes to sports, whether it's the Rangers or the 
Cowboys and any, anybody. We like to talk about how teams are built. And I floated the idea of what would you consider to give up for Trey Lance if, you know, and and I said, you know, the guys are like, well, you know, his his career looks like it's in a little bit of flux right now. You know, I offered my guys, I figured out that, you know, they had a high second round grade on him. I said, listen, they didn't have a first round grade on him, but would you consider giving, uh, you know, fourth, fifth round pick for him? And Nobody really – everything was more in that sixth-round range with the chance that if he played and all that. So we we talked about the possibility of Trey Lance. You know, it, it was a hard sell for my group of guys. But, you know, when the news came out and you learned it was a fourth-round pick, it's not surprising because if you look at the history of Jerry Jones and the 14 years of my life is spent with the Cowboys doing things where – you know, it was trying to find quarterbacks, baseball players, you know, it, yeah. it was just constantly, you know, Tony Romo. It was, you know, Tony Romo, Jerry had to really overpay. And I mean, overpay and with bonus to get Romo to sign with us. I mean, he he really closed the deal there. Drafting Dak Prescott in the fourth round. I mean, Jerry has a history of trying to find his quarterback without a tanking the season or be playing or paying a huge price to go get one. You know, he's more into you know, Quincy Carter was a second round pick. You know, there were a lot of bad days of trying to find quarterbacks for the Dallas Cowboys, but it was always, it was never a, it was never a high premium pick and he wasn't going to tank the season in order to go and get a quarterback. So it doesn't surprise me. Uh, they we laugh at them at times when we talk about. They always tell us it's a twenty four seven job with player evaluation. Uh, we kind of laugh at what they're when they say that, but in this case, you know they've done a really nice job with their pro personnel department. The evaluations they've been able to make using draft capital to move and go get, you know, Gilmore, go get Cooks, now go get Lance. You know, they're trying to, you know, in Cowboys teams in the past, front offices in the past, would have never drafted a one technique. You know, so there's some things that we're seeing differently, but I'm not I'm not surprised that knowing what I know about Jerry and trying to go get quarterbacks and where they had Trey Lance on their board, that they they weren't gonna make a call. I that that doesn't surprise me. And it doesn't surprise me that they outbid everybody because I, I feel like they were in a situation where maybe the 49ers, John Lynch had probably told Jerry that, listen, we've got three other teams on the hook here that are interested in this pick or this player, excuse me, you know, what are you willing to do? Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe Lynch baited Jerry a little bit, but if you think about a fourth round pick, heck, we've seen video clips of Kansas city calling for the pick last year in the draft in the first round and offering a third-round pick to move five spots, you could get your fourth-round pick back. That that's not the. Don't let that don't let that discourage you on what this deal is really all about. But yeah, it it it, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. It really really doesn't. Here's some of what Jared said. You mentioned that specific about the idea of you know uh, basically John Lynch maybe saying, "Hey, we got some interest here, yeah. and you're 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 going to have to make something happen here." 
Uh, Jerry said a couple different things. Uh, one of the quotes he said, he said, the minute that we knew that they were serious about trading him, then we didn't want the phone to hang up. Uh, so right. he had that quote. And then the other quote he had there, he said, they said we want to trade him, and we said done. That's essentially yeah. how Jerry painted it. Now, Stephen chuckled. He was standing behind him while he was talking, and Stephen was like, it was a little more complicated than that, guys. We had to make some, like, we, we called around. We did some other things. It was not as simple as just, hey, this is what we're doing here. Um, mm-hmm. But Jerry was like, no, but it was it, that was the feeling, was that mm-hmm. when they said they want him, we're like, this is happening now. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make this deal happen. Now, because there was that urgency, one of the things that was discussed a little bit yesterday and, and was a little surprising, Jerry Jones said they did not talk to Dak Prescott before and did not give him a heads up. Maybe that's a little bit understandable because of the time frame. But what was interesting was 24 hours later, he told us he still had not talked to Dak. Apparently, mm-hmm. he didn't talk to Dak until they were on the field that night. So he talked to reporters mm-hmm. before he talked to Dak. Uh, and he also said they didn't talk to Mike McCarthy until it was done, other than mm-hmm. just ask him what he thought about the player. Um, right. So, but is that... Well, Mike was that, part of the evaluation. Is that a Mike little unusual, part- though? No, no. And, you know, and I, I remember a time... I remember a time, Bobby, when uh, when I was in Philadelphia, and I'm just trying to give you a little parallel here. Yeah. We're in Philadelphia, and I'm working with Mike Lombardi, and Mike's doing the pro personnel stuff, and we're working. This is really right before the draft. And we have a trans- chance to trade for Hugh Douglas from the New York Jets. And Michael walks into the draft room where I was sitting, and he goes, hey, you got anybody on that board uh, in the second round that you really like? And I said, yeah, I mean, there's some guys, but he goes, listen, I could give up a two right now and get Hugh Douglas, and, but we're not going to have a two. And I said, cool. And I said, well, what's the, what's the, what's the deal here with, you know, how we're going to do this? And he goes, well, let me call Parcells back and see. Parcells then tells Michael on the callback, I'm going to dinner. If you don't have this, if you don't have a two for me in the next 30 minutes, deals off. I'll go somewhere else. So sometimes it's like you were, you know, we didn't have a time to, you know, we had to make the deal right then and there. Like Michael said, yeah, deal. So, you know, there we go. We didn't have time to, uh, to tell Jeff Lurie and, and tell Ray Rhodes and tell everybody what we were doing. It was Parcells had put our feet to the fire to say, and he said, listen, you want the player, you got to give me the pick and you got to do it in the next 30 minutes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, and, we felt, and that, and I think that's what probably happened to to Jerry. I think Jerry probably got on the phone, or Stephen got on the phone. Uh, maybe Will McClay was the uh, the first one on the phone, and John Lynch said, "I've got teams interested," and Jerry didn't want to lose the player. And you know, I, I don't think you had to go back and tell Mike McCarthy because Mike was part of the evaluation in twenty twenty one. Yeah, you know, he he should know, like, oh wow, okay, we have a chance to get Trey Lance, great. Let's go. You know, he was part of that evaluation to put the one two oh grade on the top of the second round for Trey Lance. Is that so, do you think part of what 
why they were so comfortable. You think like just going? Yeah, absolutely. And, and because, absolutely. Because yeah. Trey Lance basically has not played for two years. And so to them, yeah, they kind and of that's look at the it problem. As, do they look at yeah. it as we don't have any information from the last two years that would change what we evaluated initially? Right. We don't have right. That. Right. So they, you know, so they just get, leaned on their evaluation and said, we're going to make a deal based off this evaluation that was already made. Listen, I, I've talked to folks around the league about this guy, you know, and I, I was just curious. And I had a guy tell me this. And I thought it was really, really well thought out. He says, this guy said, you know what, with Trey Lance, he just really needs time. And I'm, you know, I'm just kind of going through my text here. He says he just needs time. He needs reps, needs opportunity. This guy went on to say he, he's gotten the short end of the stick. Uh, he was a project coming out. He was going to sit a year as he developed. The rookie year, he broke his finger, broke a toe, and that really limited his development and actually set him back. Then last year, he had the broken ankle. And my guy went on to say if he doesn't break his ankle, he would have had some ups and downs. But he said, but I believe by the end of the season, he would have been playing at a starter level. And I said, cool. He goes, this year he looked better than he has. Okay, there's some people that will debate you on that. But he says, this guy is the one, the things you have to love about the kid is he's smart, he cares, and he wants to be good. You know, and those are all things, you know, those are that you're right. He hasn't played a lot of football. But when you're doing something like this, a young guy, you know, you're going through the only thing that appears to have set him back are these injuries, you know, and now you don't have to, he's not here to play. He's, he will be here to play in 2024. If something happens to Dak, you know, this is, this is more about trying to get the second quarterback to be at a certain level and get him ready to go. And I, again, I, I'm, I'm all about that. I listen, we all, we all saw what, what, Will Greer did last night. Good for Will Greer. But, you know, all this, 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 wow, Will Greer, Will Greer talk and all that. Well, did Will Greer play well enough for them to think about keeping him? Like if Will Greer played like he did last night in week one, week two of the preseason, week three, they might not even think about keeping, you know, they're, they're not thinking about putting Will Greer on the street or going to get a guy. Well, you know, it's still, still important, even with the, the volume stats looking good like they did, there were at least three passes, and I don't want to dunk sure. on that who's gone through that. There no. were three, three overthrows last night to yeah. open guy. Like, so, I mean, it still was not perfect, even. There, there but, was still but, it, but it's the best that Will Greer – it's the best we've ever seen Will Greer yeah. play. Yeah. And, but that's on the player. You know, that's on the player. And he we talk about this emotional goodbye and all that. But, you know, Bill Parcells, another thing Parcells taught me, it's like, Brian, you don't cut these players. These players cut themselves, mm. you know, they play in a way that you, they force you not to keep them on the roster. I'm sure we'll go through some guys on this show. Uh, Quentin Bohanna, you know, played well the first couple weeks, didn't play very well last week. Boom, could be gone. You know, uh, Simi Fajoko, you know, there's guys that have had opportunity and you play yourself off the roster. Yeah. And, but you know, Trey Lance, he was in a bad situation with San Francisco. They did a good job of finding quarterbacks. They're the ones with the – I keep saying this. They're the ones with the egg on their face. They're the ones that moved up in the draft. They're the ones that gave up the first-round picks. They're the ones that paid him all the money. You know, Dallas is just saying, okay, well, we're, we're here to take a look. And I can't – I don't think it's 
I don't. I think this is more about 2024 and potentially 2025. It, it gives the Cowboys some flexibility if you know the, the Cowboys are in a situation too where Jerry Jones being the general manager and Stephen Jones soon to be the general manager. They're in a situation right now where these guys aren't going to get fired. You know, you and I, if we were general managers for somebody and didn't have a quarterback, we'd get fired. You know, we you know well, we you wouldn't. We'd, we'd build a contender, Brian. You and I would. Well, that's but, abs- but yeah, I mean, I, I'd other hope. Other people, for sure. I would hope. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, but that's what I'm saying, <laughs> that you, as a general manager, you're very fearful and very mindful of your job of not having a quarterback. The Cowboys can afford to – not pay or potentially not pay Dak Prescott 50 some million dollars. And you know what? And just, and say, you know what? We've got a quarterback here. We're going to play for half that. And this is how we're going to do it. You know, that's because the general managers are not afraid to losing their jobs. You know, it makes, it makes a lot of sense to me, the move that they made. Now uh, we'll, we'll get to the roster cutdowns here in just a sec. One last thing on the, the Trey Lance front and more specifically, I guess Dak Prescott weighing in on it. I was very surprised Dak Prescott spoke with the media last night. I did not think they were going to have him do that. Um, and uh, you know, you heard all the audio. It was, it was four minutes, I think of talking. Um, and, and you saw some of the interaction there said a lot of the right things. Um, and, and I think when you read it, Dak as, will always say the right yeah, things. As, as he, he always, so he's very mindful of how, you know, he's very thoughtful of his words. He really as a, is as a straight read it. The, a transcript would not look off if you were to read no. it. Mm-hmm. Um, the tone and the body language was a little chilly. And mm-hmm. I think that some people are wondering, you know, the question at that point is, okay, is that frustration that they traded for Trey Lance? Brian, you having heard him talk about it and everything else, my sense of it, and I'm curious if you agree, my sense of it is that seemed more like, you know, his frustration level or his chilliness that night was he was hurting for the guy in the quarterback room that he's been with and he's worked out with during the summer for the last couple of years, and he's just close with Will Greer. And Will Greer was very emotional last night, and I think he was just hurting for a guy he was close with. No, absolutely. And, you know, Will Greer had a sponsor in Doug Nussmeyer, and Doug Nussmeyer is no longer here, you know? And and let's be honest, Dak Prescott had a lot of respect for Doug Nussmeyer. And so for Dak, he's probably in a situation right now where he's going, okay, they took my, they took my quarterback coach. They're now taking a buddy of mine, you know? And, and yeah, it gets to be a very, you know, emotional you know, it, it's but it's it really, really is a business. And I think Will Greer understood that. I think Dak understands that. It's just it's kind of a tough time when, you know, a guy that you've been around with the last, you know, two, three years, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's he's moving on. And then but I think Dak's right. I think you accept, you know, uh you you welcome Trey Lance with open arms. Uh, you know, you you understand that Trey Lance was a, a first round pick. And a guy that, you know, he needs Trey Lance. Let's be honest, Trey Lance needs some love too. You know, Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, his first year, he got love from Mark Sanchez and got love from uh, Kellen Moore. And I think that's where Dak Prescott, the type of person he is, realizes that, hey, as the established quarterback, if something of a new teammate comes in, especially a quarterback, you need to embrace that. You need to try and make that, even though it's 
you know, Dak is in his eighth year and, you know, you know, sometimes quarterbacks don't, oh, this guy's coming for my job. I don't think that's the way with Dak Prescott. Oh, yeah. I think, to, be, to be clear, I don't think, I think Dak Prescott views not at all. Trey Lance as a threat. Not at all. Job. No, no, all. not at all. Not at all. I think that Dak actually, from what he experienced in 2016, that very much carries him for how he deals with quarterbacks that are going to be added to the roster. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't want to be the guy like a Tony Romo that didn't help him one bit. Yeah. You know, it was it was Mark Sanchez who was at the end of his career, and it was Kellen Moore that was trying to kind of figure out what he was doing in life. And those are the two guys that helped him the most. And I don't think he'll ever I don't think Dak Prescott has ever forgot that. And he doesn't want to, you know, him and Tony, it wasn't good. That wasn't that wasn't a good situation at all. And yeah. I don't think Dak, I don't think Dak ever wants to put a team through that. You know, no, no, I, really, it's, it's, I really don't. It's probably similar to what, you know, Brett Favre didn't want to help Aaron Rodgers out. Not at all. Uh, and, Not at and, all. And Aaron Rodgers, as unhappy as he was that they drafted Jordan Love, all the reports were that he was pretty good with Jordan Love. He was a good teacher yeah. with Jordan Love. And one of the things when you watch Hard Knocks right now here on HBO, one of the cool aspects, I think, of it that we've seen has been Aaron Rodgers has been really good as a mentor for Zach Wilson. He really yeah. works to teach. And Zach Wilson, there was this cool mic'd up moment at the end of the Tampa preseason game where he was talking to Kyle Trask and Kyle asked him, he's like, how's it been working with Aaron? And he's like, man, it's so great. He's like, I'm sure you experienced it a little bit with Tom, but man, when he, he just like, he gets here and he has all these shortcuts like that you, you don't even know exist when right. playing the quarterback position that like, it, it just opens up a whole new, he's like, so like, I feel like I'm learning so much. So I think it's Aaron learned from that. I think Aaron felt like that was Aaron's got a chip on his shoulder. I don't think it like hurt him. But I think Aaron was like, I don't want to do that to somebody else. That sucked. And same sort of thing probably for Dak. Because the reality of it is, it's uncomfortable to talk about, I think, for a lot of Cowboys fans. Nobody wants to talk about it. But the fact it, is, it, it Romo, divided the locker room. It Romo, really divided the locker room. Romo it was, really did. It, it wasn't just Romo wasn't playing mentor. It was a little difficult. It, it was, it yeah. was, Romo was difficult, I think, is a fair yeah, way to say it. Very difficult. Yeah. Very and difficult. So one day the 30 for 30 will come out about that years later and everybody will understand why the switch wasn't made mm-hmm. in 2016. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can listen to it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.